James writes, For the coming of the Lord is at hand. In this, the 51st edition of Sound Teaching, we're going to examine that text and explain what it means to us as children of God in our obedience to our Lord. In James chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, we have a stinging condemnation of some who were rich among James' readers. Notice verses 5 and 6. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned. You have murdered the just. He does not resist you. James' criticism raises a very serious question. Is it sinful or wrong to be rich? The answer, very simply, is no. There are, however, many different dangers associated with wealth. For example, there is a danger in the pursuit of riches. Many go about getting rich in a sinful way. Look at the rich in the text as an example. In order to obtain their money, they were defrauding their employees. It is interesting to note Paul's statement in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 10. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It is the love of money that is at the root of all kinds of evil, not money itself. The love of money places God in a secondary position and thus is displeasing to him. Christians must be careful concerning material possessions, lest we ourselves are cast out of the kingdom. How many of us want a bigger house, a nicer car, more money, or more of the luxuries that this society can offer us? How many of us spend time in that pursuit, setting aside family, children, husbands, and wives, friends, those who are in need of the gospel, and ultimately God himself in the pursuit of money? We are guaranteed under the Constitution the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but many have taken that as a mandate to set aside all that is important in the pursuit of more and more materially. In contrast to this pursuit of riches is James' advice for us as God's children. In verses 7 through 12 of our text, I notice the contrast between the evil rich oppressors mentioned by James and the type of individuals he encourages them to be. Notice, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You've heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath. Let your yes be yes and your no, no, lest you fall into judgment. End quote. James first mentions the need here for patience. This apparently was very important to him, for he mentioned it in the very first chapter as well. He here, however, gives a very good reason for being patient. For the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, what does James mean by that? After all, 
He said it almost 2,000 years ago, and it still hasn't come to pass. First of all, we must remember that God's concept of time is far different from our own. Second, we must understand that at hand means imminent. In effect, Christ could come at any time. We must be patient, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, lest he come and find us unprepared. Patience is what will guarantee for us readiness for the Lord's coming. Therefore, James says, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, Each piece of advice that James gives is predicated upon the eventuality of Christ's coming. Next, he says, do not grumble against one another, lest you be condemned. Our behavior toward one another should be governed by love. Christians are brethren. Brethren should exhibit love, not hate, and grumbling is a manifestation of hatred. Notice again his reason. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Well, this is just another way of saying that Christ's coming is imminent. And then finally, he says, above all, do not swear. To swear is to use the name of God in a flippant, frivolous, or a profane manner. The Jews were aware that God has ever disdained such a use of his name. It is to be used with great reverence, not casually. He also, in this text, condemns their use of euphemisms. You see, the Jew knew that he could not use God's name in vain, so he had a practice of swearing by heaven or earth, which was, of course, the handiwork of God. Many today who would never take the Lord's name in vain sometimes fall into the practice of using euphemisms. Euphemisms such as, gee whiz, gosh, gad, egad, golly, good gracious, my goodness, and many others, they have as their roots a reference to deity. They euphemistically refer to God, and as such would fall under this condemnation of James. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sound Teaching. The Sound Teaching broadcast is brought to you by the West Side Church of Christ in Fort Worth, Texas. My name is Stan Cox, and I am the evangelist for this family of Christians. For more information about our congregation, or to find much more material for your private study, please visit our website at soundteaching.org. That's soundteaching.org. Until next time, we pray God's blessings upon you.